1: She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888 84 Jesse or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out.
4: This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
1: Can you feel it in the air? It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday here, and the Oracle is some kind of fired up today. That's right, Chris. I just referred to myself in the third person using one of the nicknames I gave myself in your stupid face. 877-377-4373, jesse at com. You can call live. You can leave a voicemail. You can send an email When I say all over the map, this one may redefine it. I'm going to give you my real take on masks and masking. I don't think I've ever laid this out, and it's not going to be one you're expecting. But I'm going to give you my real take on it. Somebody wants to know whether I'd have rather been in Ernest Shackleton's freezing Antarctic party or the Donner party that was having steak for dinner. Somebody wants to know how I prepare for a big meal, like Thanksgiving. And actually, I do have a specific way I prepare for a big meal. Again, unorthodox. What do you mean, really? Chris, did you not think that I was going to plan ahead for a big meal? I plan my meals out throughout the day. To to this day, it drives my wife crazy. We'll be sitting down eating breakfast on a Saturday, and I'll say, so what do you want to do for dinner tonight? And she'll just look at me dumbfounded, like, we're not even done eating breakfast. I like to know. Listen, you can't put a price on anticipation. Anticipation, my friend. Anticipation. All right, but first, before we get to the. And, and look, there are so many more wild questions today, and they're so good. They're such great ones. I've been telling people to be more purposeful about where they spend or don't spend their money. People have questions about that. Of course, somebody has a question about stealing things from communists. I'm going to address that. Let's go to Korea first, though. The situation on the ground. Let's talk a little bit about Kim Jong-il. I know all the Kims kind of blend together. You're an American. All you've ever known is there's some psychopath with a bad haircut in charge of North Korea. Kim's something nobody really knows. Just know this. I'm not talking today about the dictator they have there now. I'm talking about his father, which you will undoubtedly remember. Kim Jong-il is the current guy's dad. But in order to lay out him, we have to go to his father and Korea itself. I don't know if you've heard, but Japan was kind of hard on its neighbors back in the day. Especially, you, you remember, we've talked about it a thousand times. Japan was this samurai Bushido code run by a shogun, but kind of the emperor society, very harsh, very traditionalist, very insular, no, we don't want outside influences here kind of culture. One day they looked around, saw all these other Asian cultures and smaller cultures getting colonized, and they, to their credit, to their credit, said, that's not going to happen here We're going to set aside some of the traditions in advance. They set aside the traditions. They advance really fast because they're a hardworking, diligent people. They do it really, really well. And soon they look around, and they're not one of these smaller powers anymore. They're looking around, and they're thinking, what's stopping me from taking that or taking that or taking that? And part of the whole taking that thing was Japan took over Korea. It was not a nice occupation, to put it mildly. You know how we talk about colonizers all do it differently? All colonization is not the same. Some are brutally repressive. Some are just kind of nice. And you should, be, you should be happy they're there. They're just help it out. Here's some schools. Here's some roads. How about running water? Sound good? Japan's was not not nice. It was, well, look. And I say this as a person who acknowledges every single person on the planet holds some prejudice of some kind because of your parents, because of your life experiences, whatever the case may be. And it doesn't have to be skin color. And you know what? You don't necessarily want to advertise it, but you have to understand, too, that's the human condition. Maybe you hate tall people, short people, black people, white people, Jews, Muslims, Christians. Maybe you hate Chinese people, Japanese people, Russian people. Whatever the case may be, you hold some prejudice in your heart. So uh, let me be clear about that before I say, man, was Japan racist back in the day. (laughs) May still be. Look, I'm a fan of their culture, but let's be honest. The Japanese, they viewed the Koreans as being subhumanly beneath them. Not even worthy uh, to, to shine their shoes. So Japan's occupation of Korea was horrific. Why am I talking about that? Because it'll help you understand why the Koreans were so welcoming of a new regime. Japan's was terrible. They would eliminate the Korean language, eliminate the Korean culture. So much of Korea's historical landmarks, the Japanese just wiped it out. I mean, it, it was awful. It was awful. I should do a whole show on the Japanese occupation of Korea. It was terrible. The way they treated the uh, the women, you know, I'm just not getting into it. It was really, really bad. Really bad. Along comes World War II, post-World War II, Japan and Germany and the other countries. While we didn't wipe them out like we did the, quote, bad guys after World War I, you're also going to have to give some things up when you've spent the last several years slaughtering millions of people around the globe. One of the things Japan was going to have to give up was Korea. Which brings us to Kim Il-Soon. On my life, that's the only other name I'm going to give you today. There are two Kims. One is Soon, the grandfather of the current guy. The other one is Jong, the father of the current guy. You got it? Soon old, or soon old, Jong younger, but not as young as the guy we have. Understand? We all good? That's the. I swear to you, no other names, but you got to understand, we're going to the dad of the guy we're supposedly going to talk about today if I can ever actually get to the story. What was his story? Kim Il-soon? Well, first of all, he was a communist. Not obviously my favorite people in the world. However, to their credit, like have to give the communists some credit where credit is due. I know. Gosh, that hurts me. Remember that Japanese occupation we were just talking about? One of the only groups in the country of Korea that stood up and violently opposed it wherever they could were the communists. No, it's not good. Yes, communism's terrible. But to the people in Korea, when you're desperate, when you're under a brutal occupation, remember what's my rule? Human nature. They're all the same. You will seek out safety first. You will seek out a protector first. If you're under a brutal Japanese occupation and the only guy out there trying to kill Japanese people and take your culture back is a communist, you might find yourself more accommodating to communism than you probably should be. Perfect world? Absolutely not. Is that the way it goes? That's the way it goes. But obviously the Japanese are not just going to allow him to run wild in there. So he finds himself in the communist Soviet Union in charge of a military unit. Now, it was a Korean military unit, but the Soviets, like all communists, were all about helping out their communist brothers. They stay unified. And a young man is born one day in the Soviet Union. We're going to get to him, his brutal occupation, and my real thoughts on masks. A little different. Hang on. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. Your heart matters. I don't know if you've been told that, but it's actually a fairly important organ. Helps keep you alive. And you only have one. And I've been through this in my own life. In my own personal life. Because health problems. Well, specifically heart problems. Blood pressure problems run in my family. I have to do extra things. Why wouldn't I eat Super beets Heart Chews? I have to eat a little better. I have to work out. These aren't options for me. And Super beets Heart Chews, they increase the benefit of all of that for me. And they taste good. Full disclosure, I don't think I could eat them if they tasted like beets. I eat the pomegranate berry, two of them, every single day. They're fantastic. It's like dessert. Go to getsuperbeets.com slash that's getsuperbeats.com slash jesse. Buy two bags, get the third for free.
4: Jesse Kelly returns
1: next. Eight, seven, seven, three, seven, seven, four, three, seven, three. Jesse at Jesse at <sighs> Should you cut off a political commentator? Somebody has a specific question about should you and when you should. And I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that in a few. And that's, that's probably going to come off as harsh as well. My mask stuff is going to be controversial. I don't even think – I think everything, including my dinner preparation, is going to be controversial. It's not what you think. But first, let's get to Kim Jong-il here. I'll try to hurry through this because there are so many good questions today. All right. He's born – and actually, he was born in the Soviet Union. It's pretty funny later on when they're trying to make him like this god king – They make up some weird story. They're so weird about how he was born in some sacred mountain in Korea and started walking after three weeks and stuff like that. They're so dumb. Just a quick side note, Kim Jong-il, the level of propaganda the North Koreans are subjected to. Kim Jong-il, you know what they say about his golf game? He went golfing once. He played 18 holes of golf. He got 11 hole-in-ones, shot 38 under par, And then retired and never golfed again. (laughs) That's what we're dealing with here. And these, I mean, they're so freaking wild. Wait till I finish this today. All right, but let's go back to the dad first. Remember, son. Son's the dad. Jong's the son. Wow, that's going to get confusing. All right, whatever. Son is the dad. Jong is the son. I really didn't think this through, to be frank. I I need to start preparing more for the show. But the father is the communist rebel. Post-World War II, we do that thing we did post World War II, and Korea is split. South Korea is very much American. That's why they're such a close ally to this day. There are American troops there. It is a free place. I've never been, but I'm told South Korea is really cool. I'm told it's very clean, very cool, good food, good people. I, I, that's what I'm told. I can't testify to that. North Korea, absolute dump. Why? Because post World War II, We let the Russians and the Chinese have it. Now, here's the problem. When you're North Korea and you're a communist, and now the dad is running it, the son is the one running the thing, Kim Kim Il-sung, he's running it. You take over post-World War II. Obviously, the uh, Japanese occupation was tough. World War II was tough. You don't have money, so you are... Forced to accept a lot of outside help and influence from the Soviets, from the Chinese, and they do when they start really learning how to clinch in this communist power. And the father, Kim Il-sung, is starting to become a dictator in very, very, very short order. And as a dictator, he is <clears throat> enjoying the spoils of being an uh, a dictator. When he's not building a nation, remember, he's building a North Korea from scratch. Now he's building it into a dump, but he's building it from scratch. When he's not doing that, well, he's not being a father to his son. He's out with the lady folk of the country and partying and doing things dictators do. Well, Now, that creates an interesting situation because you have a young man who apparently is already a very twisted-up individual or going down that way. Kim Jong-il, as a young man, born in the Soviet Union, comes to North Korea when I believe he's six years old. His dad is now the all-powerful supreme leader. You, Kim Jong-il, you want for nothing. Absolutely. You live in palaces right off the bat. You get whatever you want. One day, and there are a bunch of rumors surrounding this, Kim Jong-il, as a very, very young boy, I believe he was seven years old, is out swimming with his younger brother. His younger brother didn't make it back home that day. He drowned. The two main rumors surrounding it were Kim Jong-il, who was a nut job sociopath very early. Either he drowned him himself, Or he watched and smiled as his brother drowned in front of him. That's the type of person we're dealing with. And that's the type of person who's about to achieve full power in North Korea. Now, I guess credit to Kim Il-sung, the father, he didn't tell his son you're going to be supreme ruler this one day. And he, he frankly, wasn't even sure about that. He had remarried. He had, now had stepbrothers. He had other options. Remember, this wasn't just a blood thing yet. So Kim Il-sung, he's traveling the country. His younger, his his, his his psychopathic son is already drinking as a teenager, already taking whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and becomes obsessed with movies. But you didn't know that. Kim Jong-il was obsessed with movies. And when I say obsessed with movies, remember, the North Korea then and now is almost like a gigantic gangster state. Obsessed with movies for him meant I'm going to have my ambassadors in every country Go grab the biggest films in every country, bootleg a copy of it for me because I don't want to pay for it, and send them to me. He supposedly had a library of 20,000 movies. They say it might be the biggest movie library in the history of mankind. Kind of cool, right, Chris? (laughs) Quit. Quit admiring the guy. And he lives on villas. He lives on, on seaside villas. He lives a complete life of luxury because of his father, obsessed with gaining power, and obsessed with movies, and obsessed with himself. Of course, he gets sent off to college where they say he was a bit of a party animal and yet achieved perfect grades. It's weird all that happened, and now we know from testimony afterwards his own professors would do his assignments for him because it's North Korea, and everybody knows who this guy is, and they know who his dad is in I don't feel like having my fingernails pulled out, so I'm going to go ahead and give this guy an A again today. Good job, son. Knew you could do it. But Kim Jong-il graduates college, and he's at the point now he wants to impress his father. Big time. He's still at the point he has to impress his father if he wants to take the reins one day. Now, let's go to communism for a second. As you know, then and now, propaganda is everything. You have to constantly be indoctrinating the people around you. You not only have to indoctrinate the people around you, you have to make dang sure if you're going to sell communism that they can't hear any other options. Because if you're given any other options, you're not choosing communism. Well, what does how does that turn out? How it turns out, in a place like North Korea, you're taking films and you're trying to make them to promote communism. Only your films aren't. Really, that good? Why aren't they that good? Well, you keep killing or imprisoning anybody who has real artistic talent. You see, they're trying to compete with South Korea at this point. They're always competing with South Korea, and South Korea, they're killing it. They're winning all these international movie awards. South Korea is killing it, and that's only making North Korea more angry. And, and, and speaking of South Korea and North Korea, this relationship—I'm not doing the show on it today—but realize. Kim il Sung, the father, he invaded South Korea out of nowhere to unify all of Korea under one flag. And he almost won. He pushes them clear back down. The Americans then step in and push him clear back into the north. Then the Chinese step in and push us back down to the south. And now the country is forever split. And remember, there was never a treaty signed. Technically, they're still at war. There was a little, like, ceasefire. And that's all it is. That's why you have this situation today. So there's this rivalry, this intense rivalry with North Korea and South Korea. It's not passive at all. It's aggressive, as you're going to find out here in just a few minutes. It's very, very aggressive. So as a North Korean, you want the best propaganda. You want to start winning films. And there's something else that happens in communist regimes, something really, really ugly, something you need to pay attention to. Might sound a little bit familiar after all. All right, I'm going to try to finish this story so I can get to all these questions. Hang on.
4: Hey, Dad,
5: your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute.
2: Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you
0: help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP
1: and the Ed Council. Be stealing communist stuff? Quit nodding your head, Chris. I'm going to get to that answer in just a minute. You can get it on social media. You can get me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm also on locals. That's the one I can't get kicked off of. 877 377 4373. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Kim Jong-il rising up through the ranks because his dad wanted better films. And there was another problem with North Korean films. You see, you know how the commies always eat each other. Once they take total power, they eat each other. There's always a purge of some kind going on in You're starting to just glimpse this because you and I can't understand fully what this feels like yet, but you're starting to get get glimpses of it in America. Fear seems to rule everybody. Fear of getting in trouble. Fear of saying the wrong thing. Fear of doing this wrong. Fear of doing that wrong. People are getting more and more skittish and with good reason. You know who was afraid in countries like North Korea then and now? You know who's afraid? Everyone. The supreme dictator in charge of everything lives in constant fear of being overthrown. Other people, the elites, the one who have a good life, the, the elite members of the communist society. And these are the guys who were spoiled. You know, everyone else is starving to death. These are the guys with staked in and fancy cars and fancy houses and pretty girls. They live in fear every single day in places like that. Not just in fear of maybe I'm going to do something wrong. In fear of my best friend does something wrong. Because in North Korea then and now, you go down too. North Korea has a strict family criminal policy. Dad screws up. Mom screws up. Son screws up. All of you, get in the truck. It's off to the gulags. We may murder you. We may starve you to death. And you know how you know how evil this is? They blame the kids who aren't born yet. Kids who are born in the labor camps, born in the gulags. They'll leave those kids in there their entire lives. That's right, Chris, three generations. They'll leave them imagine, imagine the existence you have. You think you've had a rough day? And I've had that too. You know, you're feeling sorry for yourself. Oh, my truck won't start. Oh, I stubbed my toe. Oh, I'm sick. I got the flu. I got whatever the case may be. You think you're having a rough day? There are people alive in this world today who are born in a North Korean gulag and will never see the outside of those walls until the day they die. Wrap your mind around that. But what fear does that create? You can be the biggest of big shot in the elite communist party. And maybe your son who you set off to college, maybe he goes to Europe. Once to go to college in Europe, which they're allowed to do once you get to the, sure, son, go experience, experience Paris. Enjoy the women. Make sure she has her armpits shaved or whatever the case may be. Maybe your son decides he's going to start dabbling in some, uh, Leftist politics up there. Kind of fascinated by it. You know who has spies everywhere, including on their own people? North Korea. One of those spies comes back home. Excuse me, Supreme Leader. Did you know that this head general, that his son is going to... All of a sudden, that general has a car pull up in the middle of the night in front of his house, and he's in handcuffs, his wife's in handcuffs, their whole family's gone, their mansion's given to somebody else. That's the culture of fear. And that's not even the peasants. You're just trying to survive from day to day. A culture of fear. Well, the same thing happened with the propaganda, with the movie propaganda in North Korea under Kim Il-sung. He found out a bunch of the people in the film industry were friends with some guy who was going to try to take over. Beep, gone. You're all dead or in prison. You need completely new management in the film industry. He looks for volunteers within the Communist Party and who sticks their hand up, but his wayward son, Kim Jong-il? Hey, Dad, who's the movie expert around here? Trust me, I got it. I got it. He takes over, and he's really, really, really good at it. Really good at it. He's just an artist by nature. Now, he's he can only be so good because you can only get so much talent, And he's getting frustrated, right? Because he wants to be the best. And this is a guy who watches CNN, who's seen every big American movie and every other foreign film. This is a guy who knows what good is and what isn't good. So, what do you do if you're North Korea? and you'd like to improve the talent level of your films, and yet it's very hard to find that stuff homegrown because you're a bunch of brutally oppressive commies. You know, there's a reason. It's not in your imagination. There's a reason entertainment in America has gone so far downhill today. It's because the commies are taking over. They ruin comedy. They ruin film. They ruin everything. Well, you figure out a way to import some talent. There was an actress in South Korea who Kim Jong-il thought was extremely talented. Well, remember when I said there were spies everywhere, assassins, operatives, terrorists everywhere. They decided they wanted this South Korean actress to come be part of North Korea. She gets invited to come meet with a producer in Hong Kong, spends a couple days, wine and dined. Finally, she's invited out to this special seaside villa. She arrives out there by taxi. Doesn't really see anything. She's on the beach. And then she hears a couple boats pulling up. And then she loses consciousness. And then she wakes up and she's on a North Korean boat on the way to North Korea, finds her boat pulling in the dock of Kim Jong-il, who's standing there to greet her, where she there has to live and be his companion for eight years before she's able to escape helping him make film. Oh, it gets worse, Chris. It gets worse. The the, the stories of these people are absolutely insane. Insane. They create, this is as Kim Jong-il was coming up and he's rising through the party. They create something, hardly anybody knows about it, called Room 35. Room 35. This is the spy assassin terrorist network. And let me tell you, then and now, North Korea is obsessed with assassination With spies, with terrorists, with spy recruitment. How obsessed are they with spy recruitment? Well, I'll put it to you this way. They came very, very close to striking a deal with Japan at one point to do trade. A lot of historical tension there. Well, Kim Jong-il, out of the blue, chooses to use this event as an opportunity to, quote, confess some of the things they've done to Japanese citizens. You see, a lot of Japanese citizens seem to be disappearing One of them was even a 13-year-old girl. Why were they disappearing? Because the North Koreans would send spy kidnappers over to Japan because they wanted spies in Japan. Why not kidnap some Japanese children, put them through your commie brainwashing, and then send them back to Japan to spy for your nation? They look Japanese. They don't look Korean. One of the big international incidents, you can look it up now, they admitted this 13-year-old girl, Japanese, they lured her away after school one day, kidnapped her, drove her to North Korea, got her completely indoctrinated in their communist spy network, but about 10 years later, she couldn't take it anymore and killed herself. And there's a laundry list of Japanese citizens who've gone missing, and they don't only do it in Japan. Yeah, Chris is looking it up now. Oh, yeah. It's a long, long list. You don't realize how bad these people are, how much they want to kill people. Did I mention assassination? Oh, we're about to talk about assassination. And then I'm going to wrap this up because I have a lot of Ask Dr. Jesse questions. My meal prep for a big meal. Hang on.
2: Jesse Kelly. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy. Or you, your best man, your worst man. You. Your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihabprediabetes.org That's doihabprediabetes.org
0: Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org.
2: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Diabetes Awareness Partners.
1: Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I'm going to get there in just a couple minutes. I'm wrapping this up. There are too many good questions. But Kim Jong-il, as he's coming up, remember, he's not supreme ruler yet. His dad still is. He realizes he needs some muscle around him. He needs some help around him. On top of the spy assassination terrorist network, He creates this bodyguard force around him, and there are videos now out of this bodyguard force, videos that have been released. He is obsessed that these are pretty much the baddest dudes on the planet. The training to get in and the training once you're in is so comically over the top, but I guess effective. And what I oh, you you want to know what I mean by comically over the top, Chris? Well, here's one for you. There's a video of a guy headbutting a nail into a board. I'm not making that up. On my life. On my life. On my life. They're throwing axes and knives at them, real ones, and having them dodge it. They're standing there shirtless, you know, with their arms up flexing like you'd show your woman your biceps. Do you know get her going? Whatever. And they, they're breaking sticks on their arms and ribs. They're headbutting and karate chopping bricks and boards. Their weapons training is supposedly extensive. And to his credit, Kim Jong il himself was all about that weapons training life. Hours and hours and hours on the range. He puts this squad of absolute assassins around him. And you're not allowed to come close to him. He's at one of his villas one time. All his bodyguards are around him. A couple fishermen accidentally drift too close and the bodyguards just kill him. Just mow him down. And then, of course, tell the family, oh, they drowned at sea. That's what it's like. And remember that whole South Korea, there's never been a peace deal thing? Yeah, they still want the South Koreans dead. Seven South Korean diplomats go to Rangoon for some ceremony. It doesn't matter. Boom. Bomb goes off. Four of them die. Who do they bust at the scene? A North Korean agent. Another international incident. They gather this group of assassins, North Korean commandos. They sneak across the border at night, heading down to kill the president of South Korea. They would have gotten him, too, except they were in the mountain. Well, they think they would have gotten him. The guys were there sleeping in the mountains because they had to walk so far. A A couple farm boys, I think it was four of them, happened to come across them. The North Korean commandos capture them but choose, instead of killing them, to tell them about the greatness of communism and make them swear allegiance to it. The boys do, crafty devils. They let them go. The boys promptly run to the police. So they elevate. I'm not making this up. They elevate the level of security all around the Capitol. The commandos try to get into the Capitol, and by the grace of God, they are stopped. But 92 South Koreans die in the shootout as they try to get in. They were within 100 meters of the president's mansion. The communists finally, the, the commie commandos finally retreat to the mountains, but the South Korean army tracks them down and they end up killing every single one of them. But I want you to understand this as we wrap this up. Kim Jong-il took over 1994. They were developing uh, nuclear power because they'd been given a nuclear plant by the Soviets for, for energy. And of course, the North Koreans look around and think, well, might as well see if we can't do a little more with this. It's a big deal. It's an international incident. A lot of people will remember it. Jimmy Carter, actually, to his credit, goes over, arranges to give some aid, some economic aid to North Korea if you will just back off the nuclear program. Oh, they agree to do that. But instead, Kim Jong-il builds a massive nuclear facility, a secret one in the mountains. And now North Korea is a power to this day, a nuclear power to this day. My point in all of this was this. Yeah, he's a psychopath. Yeah, it's terrible. But I want you to remember this. I want you to remember because there's so much bad news. Everything's bad, right? We just bombed Syria. Uh, Syria. We bombed Syria last night. I mean, everything's everything's going to crap right off the bat. It could be so much worse. It could be so much worse. For better or worse, you're awake right now. You're alive right now. You're living probably in the air conditioning or the heat, whatever you need. Almost undoubtedly, you have a belly full of food or will shortly, depending on what weirdo diet you're on. I understand this seems like I'm just trying to look at everything through rose-colored glasses, but you and I have got to take time to stop and remember It could be so much worse. And how's how's this for Wild? You didn't do anything special to be here. You just happened to win history's lottery and were born in America. Every now and then, we have to stop our blessings. We have to count our blessings. Every now and then, stop, smell the roses, look around, realize, okay, I realize this is not ideal, but it could be so much worse. And now, it is time for Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. How do I prepare for a huge meal like Thanksgiving? I'll tell you.
0: No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure,
2: um, we'll probably stay together.
0: Probably? <laughs> it's been twenty-three minutes since I ate. <laughs> I can probably swim.
5: Uh, you should wait thirty minutes.
3: Mm, okay, <laughs> Don't tell me what to do.
5: Cannonball!
4: <laughs> cramp! Oh, I have a cramp.
0: A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
1: Remember, if you miss any part of the show today, if you miss Sombrero Jesse on Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, you can catch the whole show on a podcast right after the show. It's on iHeart, Google, Spotify. It's on iTunes. On iTunes, you've been killing it with this lately. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating. Leave a review talking about how handsome I am like this one titled, Love This Jerk. Finally listen to the show. Love his humor on Twitter. The show today on Roman History was great and funny. Don't tell Jesse, though. His head is big enough. This one's titled, Dr. Jesse Doesn't Disappoint. This guy's got a great handle on what's going on in the world, probably because he's a student of what has gone in in the world. Love the history stories. Love how much fun he has on the show. And, yes, how handsome he is. That's the most important part, people. Wouldn't listen to an ugly guy, would I? (laughs) All right. How do I prepare for a big meal? I do do something. I'm going to help you out and my real thoughts on masks. Hang on.
4: Jesse Kelly returns next. This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
1: Eight, seven, seven, three, seven, seven, four, three, seven, three. Jesse at Jesse This is the one I'm not looking forward to as much. So I'm just going to go ahead and have it out. I'm going to get this one over with first before I go with my food preparation on ask Dr. Jesse Friday. The question is this, Jay, I want to be the first to have two questions answered on one Friday, simply because I asked the best questions. I don't know what his other question was, but this one is What is your take on masks increasing CO2 blood levels? Is this junk science or real? Well, one, I went to community college. I don't know things about air fingers quote science, but I do know this. And you are welcome to believe whatever you want to believe. As you well know, I don't judge. I don't preach to anybody, nor am I qualified to do so. I, however, do now and will always believe that we are created. I believe that this is not an accident. I believe we are created by God. I do not believe, and you will never in a million years convince me that it is healthy to walk around all the time with something placed over your face so you can regurgitate the stuff you just expelled from your body. God made your body to breathe in something and then breathe out something to get rid of it. I don't give a crap what modern doctors or medicine say. Yeah, obviously there are scenarios where maybe you're in like a high-risk environment, hospitals and stuff like that. I get you're never going to convince me it is healthy to breathe in your stuff again. Why? If it was healthy, that's how God would have made you to begin with. There are so many things out there that I'm just convinced are unhealthy because I come at them from that angle. I mean, they they can say all the time, did people used to people used to think cigarettes were fine. Really? Really? You did? Come on. And, and again, there's no judgment here. You could have seen me a thousand times in my life burning through a heater after I've had one too many. I'm not judging you if you're a smoker. I never would. But don't tell me, just because there wasn't a warning label on the pack in the 50s, that you really thought. Lighting something on fire, inhaling that smoke into your lungs and blowing out, you thought that was fine. Come on, dude. Come on. You can't tell me that's healthy. And again, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but you thought that was healthy for real? That doesn't make any sense at all. Don't tell me it's healthy. To place something over your face as a regular human being and walk around breathing out and breathing into it for extended periods of time. I'll never, ever, ever believe that. You can line up 10 million doctors in front of me who will say, oh, Jesse, you don't understand the science. No, no, I, I, I get it. I, I get it perfectly well. I'm never going to believe that. So there. In your face masks. Great and powerful Oracle Kelly, rolling off the steakhouse discussion, how do you prepare for a large meal? Thanksgiving, Easter, so on and so forth. It's been my philosophy to eat a large breakfast and eat as I cook or have a reasonable lunch before attending the meal. Stretch the stomach with food and water. Lots of people fast to save room and then wonder how they get full so quickly. As a master of ordering and food consumption, What what tactics do you utilize for maximizing intake of special meals? Thank you for bearing the burden of your handsomeness, your number one Oregon fan. Well, look, it is quite a burden. What, Chris? It is quite a burden walking around like this all the time. Can't get from my car to the office without getting mobbed by chicks. (laughs) All right. In all seriousness, I do actually do something to prepare and man, is it, I'm not going to do a preachy show all day. I'm not going to do that. You know I don't do that. I lift weights. Let me explain, Chris. Again, I cannot speak to the female body because I do not have one. I can't even speak to every dude's body. I only have my own. I, no, I'm not some workout freak, but I do believe in lifting weights and working out as a dude It just keeps your bones strong, your muscles strong. I, I believe it's good for all the chemical levels in your body. I just don't always believe that is healthy. No, I'm not. Uh, four times a week, I'm in the gym, and I, I eat nothing but protein powder and eggs. I, I'm not, not saying that. But when I lift weights... My body, my metabolism ramps up into a level that I cannot properly describe. And I have an absurd metabolism anyway because I'm so tall. I'm 6'8, 230. My metabolism is just, it's always going. It's slowing down a little at my age, but it's still going. If I lift weights, wake up in the morning, lift weights, I cannot, I simply cannot get enough food. I cannot. I, I will lift weights and I, I I will gain weight when I'm lifting weights because I'll eat four or five meals a day. I I've finished something and I'm just starving. if I so it is my tradition. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, whatever the case may be. If I know there's something, I mean I'm I'm cooking a, a beef tenderloin or something that night. It's something special, right? Not your disgusting turkey, but something special, I'll lift weights that morning. And it's, it'll, be, it'll even be, I'll do it if I'm in a period of my life, because we all go through periods like this where I'm not working out at all. I'll wake up and lift weights, and the wife will be I'll wait, what? Where did that come from? Because she'll forget, and I said, well, we're having that big meal tonight. And she'll just roll her eyes. Like, you cannot possibly be serious. Who takes food that seriously? And I'll say, yes, I was serious. All right. Dear Sauce or Doctor Sausage King, I still remember that story about the Sausage King of Russia. How sweet is that? I want to be the Sausage King. What, Chris? Tell me that wouldn't be cool. I understand he was killed by a crossbow on the toilet. I didn't say I wanted to die exactly like he died. Although, tell me that wouldn't be kind of epic too. All right, never mind. Don't don't get me started. Doctor Sausage King. Instead of not watching any more movies, TV shows, or sports, or listening to any music, or playing any video games, or buying any more books, because you can only get books from Amazon now, what are your thoughts on borrowing a digital copy of these things so we can enjoy them without funding the leftists? I just don't see how withdrawing completely from the entire culture, depriving ourselves of all entertainment, can be the answer. Okay, first of all, no on the stealing. No on the stealing. I'm fine with breaking some eggs to make the anti-communist omelet. I am anti-thievery on all levels. No on the stealing. But let me clarify something. What you just said is not true. You don't have to withdraw from everything at all. You just have to be more selective. And remember, I've said this a thousand times, you're not going to be perfect, man. And I don't, I would never expect you to be perfect. I'm not. And I'm trying as hard as I can to be purposeful about not buying this or making sure I support this. I'm trying and I still screw up not every week, every day. Every day I do or consume something I shouldn't. I'm trying to get out of it as much as possible. I'm not telling you to make your life miserable. Live your life. Just be more purposeful today than you were yesterday, as much as humanly possible. That's all. That's all. Baby steps. Baby steps. Speaking of working out, I see people make this mistake all the time. You'll get some guy who's just fat or some lady, just fat, just chewed up, hadn't been working out, eating bad. And they'll decide, you know, good for them. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna get in shape. Fine. Fine. Whatever. And then they'll be at uh, CrossFit the next day, working out for an hour. No. Baby steps. Hang on. I'm not done. To the Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. I do not like beats. As soon as I tell people now, because I tell friends and family, super beats, you really got to try super beats. Try super beats. It's good for your heart. Try super beats. Because I, I look, I tell people this when I'm off the air. They tell me, well, I mean, a beats, I don't like beats. Look, I hate beats more than you hate beats. That is a fact. They're disgusting. I used to have to leave the house when my mom was canning them. All right, that's how much I hate beets. These things taste like fruit snacks. Like those little boxes of fruit snacks you used to eat as a kid with your lunch. That's how great super beets are. My favorite is the pomegranate berry. Highly, highly recommend you try the super grapes as well because that might be just as good, if not better. Go to getsuperbeets.com jesse. That's get superbeats.com slash Jesse. Buy two bags, get the third for free. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Baby steps. You're trying to get back into shape. You got too fat. Up in there. Go for a walk. Then tomorrow go for another walk. Make it a little longer. Add in a jog. Add in some light light weights. Just baby steps. Same thing with choosing your culture. Same thing with choosing how you're going to live your daily life. Baby steps. Don't expe- I don't expect you to move to a cabin in the mountains tomorrow when they control every single part of our culture. And they do now it's virtually impossible to avoid it completely. At some level, you're going to have to exist within the system while resisting the system. I mean, Oreos who doesn't love Oreos. If you don't love Oreos in milk, you're a bad person. Oreos yesterday put up a "What trans people exist tweet. No, no idea why a cookie would choose to get involved in that. Trans people exist. Do you know why Oreos put up a trans people exist tweet? Do you want to know why? You can say, oh, it's the education system or it's the CEOs or it's this crazy culture. Do you want to know why? The real reason? Because of you and I. Because if Oreos yesterday put up a secure the border tweet, that's all the tweet said, secure the southern border, Oreos would lose mass amounts of business. There would be an organized protest instead of Oreos in front of Oreos headquarters. The people who were on the board of directors at Oreos would be bombarded with phone calls and emails and Facebook posts. Almost all of them would be forced to resign off of one tweet. Why? Because the left is purposeful. The right. You know what the right's going to do? Not all of us. But you know what the right's going to do for the most part? Oh, well, it's not really my business. I mean, I love Oreos. So I'm... I got to go eat some Oreos. It's our fault. If the right decided one tweet, boom, I'm not buying Oreos anymore, Oreos goes bankrupt very shortly. You cannot exist by completely cutting yourself off from half the country now. Trans people exist. Okay, the right's all, all right, done. See ya. Oreos, gone. Oreos stops right there. But we won't. We don't. Like I said, I'm not judging. I'm guilty too. you remember the NFL? Taking a gigantic steaming, their biggest stars, taking a big steaming dump on America at the beginning of the season. Drew Brees out there apologizing for the country. Just, Just disgusting. Dumping on America every chance they get. The right, I'm done with football. That is it. I'm turning off the channel. I'm never watching again. Forget the NFL. Week two, whoa, did you guys see that kickoff return? Wild. Okay. Well, you get what you get. Either you believe it or you don't. This is what it is. Dr. Jesse Steele-Kelly, if you had to choose one of these scenarios to live through, what would it be? A member of Shackleton's Trans Antarctic expedition who had to stay behind with the bulk of the crew while Ernest led the escape slash rescue effort, never knowing if help was going to arrive, freezing and unable to get warm, or a member of the Donner Party, starving and exhausted, knowing you were running out of time to get across the mountains, slowly realizing the group wasn't going to make it in time. In order to even the scenarios, Let's say you survived the Donner scenario. I struggled with this one for this reason. Just to set this up for those who don't remember. The, The Shackleton thing, they got to an island. He stashes most of the crew on an island, but they're never going to see a ship from this island. He and a few guys, I think it was five guys, get in a small boat and brave like the most dangerous stretch of ocean for like a 1,000 miles to go try to get to this you know, station so they can bring back help. That's the scenario for those guys. So if you're stashed on the island, I mean, his chances aren't great <laughs> to make it, and you're on this island. The Donner Party scenario was this. Remember they missed summiting the peaks by one day and winter set in. And then they all started starving to death and eating each other and stuff like that. I think this is, this is my struggle. I'm really, really struggling with it. Part of me wants to stay on the Shackleton crew because, listen, if I don't make it on the Shackleton crew, at least I'll know. It wasn't my fault at all. I didn't have any control of it at all. That was just the way the cookie crumbles. I didn't have control of it. What, Chris? Chris said, why not forge ahead when everyone's all lazy? Buddy. You don't understand the snow scenario up there. There was nowhere to go. They they couldn't. We did that story a long time ago. I'll do another Donner Party one one day. There was no forging it. They even took their youngest, strongest guys and sent them ahead. Hey, go get help. And they they eventually came back. The ones who lived. Remember, they killed the two Indians that were with them and ate them. It was really bad. It was really really bad. So the Shackleton thing is, I it, I wouldn't want it to be my fault. The Donner Party thing always got me that so much of that was their fault. There were, if you go through that story as we got, and we went through that one time, there was just screw-up after screw-up after screw-up after screw up, where it's all your fault. How could you what are you doing this for? Why are you doing this? Whoa, don't do that. They were like, and every mistake seemed to compound on the other one. So that's part of it. But part of me, part of me, the other part of me, would rather be in the Donner Party. Because I would feel like I'm in control. More control. I'm still there. I know the snow's deep. I know I'll probably die. But at least I'm, I'm, I'm in somewhat control of my life here. Yeah, I'm in probably a lot of trouble. I might have to eat somebody. But I'm in some control. What, Chris? Chris said they were eating people on Shackleton's crew. Actually, there are no accusations of that. And when they pick them up, They weren't in that kind of shape where people could tell that they were only for the simple fact there were so many master hunters on there. They were eating okay. Seals, buddy. Seals, man. Seals and penguins and stuff. What's wrong with it? Dude, have you seen a seal? it's just a big ball of fat because they have to be fat like that to exist in that kind of cold water. Chris just accused the Shackleton crew of cannibalism. Jewish producer Chris did that. I didn't do that. Jewish producer Chris did. Hello, Dr. Shogun Kelly. In a world of alternate facts galore, at what point do you write off a political commentator for denying a commonly known fact? I'm currently in a boycott of a popular radio host because he refuses to believe Antifa was present in the Capitol riot on January 6th. Am I the foolish one in this event? Thank you, Nathan. Jesse Kelly Sto- Jesse Kelly show student. <laughs> All right. I actually do I, I feel free comf- I feel totally comfortable commenting on this because I actually don't have any idea who he's talking about. I don't listen to anybody but myself anymore. I just don't have time. I have time. Here's what's going to be difficult going forward. And it's going to be difficult for you and me. I'm in the same scenario here. For a long time. Well, I'll put it to you this way. Do you know what a lot of people say about General Patton in World War II? General Patton. Everybody knows it. You know the thing with General Patton? I'll explain what I mean in just a second. Hang on.
2: Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. (gasps) Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food. Flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council.
1: You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, On Facebook, I'll get kicked off of those. I'm also on Locals. Here's the thing about Patton. Patton was an attacking general, an aggressive general. You remember the Germans, of course, because they're German. Hyper, hyper, hyper organized. They would grade opposing generals. They knew who was good at what. George Patton was, in the minds of the Nazis, the number one attacking general in the war. If there was one general attacking the Nazis, there was one guy they didn't want at the helm, that was George Patton. Did you know George Patton wasn't very good at peacetime? He was always getting himself in trouble. Too vulgar, too crass, too aggressive. I was in the Marine Corps with a guy like this. I believe he is still in state prison, I'm not making this up. He was an absolutely terrible garrison Marine. I mean, you're not in the field. You're not at war. If you have him back at the barracks, his uniform looks like garbage. His room is dirty. He was a huge dude, big and and, and tall. and would routinely fall out of runs always getting in bar fights, always getting in trouble, constantly getting knocked down in rank. Total garbage Marine if you looked at him there. You place that man in combat, and I fought side by side with him in Iraq. I'm not sure there's another Marine on the face of the planet I would want beside me if someone's trying to kill me. The dude simply thrived in that environment put him out in the field, put a weapon in his hands, tell him those guys are trying to kill you, go kill them first. He was born for it. Born for it. Get him to Iraq, he's a lion. Comes back from Iraq, uh, no exaggeration, I think within two or three days back, he was already in jail for breaking somebody's jaw. And like I said, state prison, you know what, I'm not going to elaborate on the crime, Uh, a, a severe felony, a bad one, of course a violent crime. People aren't made for every time. People are often made for specific times. There are generals out there who are really, 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 really good at maintaining uh, a military base. And that's a skill worth having. Do you have the base laid out well? Is the training organized? Is the things cleaned up? That's a worthwhile skill. Is it sexy? No, everybody wants General Patton. Get in the tanks and go. It's necessary. The general who specializes in logistics. I'm going to make sure they have enough food, ammo, water, so on and so forth, medical supplies. Is that sexy? Nope. That guy is necessary. You don't oftentimes want that guy leading the charge. General Patton, you got to go kill some Nazis today. Let's bring in General Patton. You have to organize a parade at the base? Ah, uh, maybe not the guy for it. When you're talking about pruning your pundit tree, people who won't acknowledge something, we have gone through long periods of time, long periods of time where we weren't fully aware of how dire the threat is to the right of how dire the threat is to the United States of America. And during that period of time, you can suffer fools. You can accept the guy who gets a couple things wrong, but we are entering a period now where you can't suffer those fools any longer. The right has to have a huge mindset change. Offense, not defense. Aggressive, pushing back. No more accepting the big lie from the system. No more accepting false narratives. The right has to move, has to move in that direction. There's not another option or we will lose and be defeated. There's not another option. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't care if you have somebody out there who's saying things only system approved. Now, if he has, if he screws up on an issue in your mind, eh, keep him around. If you have somebody out there who's saying things only system approved, well, he's got to go. He's got to go. I've told you before, if you have somebody on your pundit or politician tree who was initially wrong about the Mueller report. Ah, oh, I really think he's a civil servant. We should. Get... And he was wrong about coronavirus. Well, we should lock down. Let's trust Dr. Fauci. And he was wrong about the St. George Floyd riots. Yes, police are hunting down black men. And he was wrong about this and wrong about that. That guy's not going to stop being wrong. That guy's either too stupid or too cowardly to lead anything. And you got to prune him. You got to prune him. Dear Dr. Guiding Light of the Right Jesse, in the discussion of how not to spend our money on companies that hate us, I think that community banks and credit unions are left out. Big banks are typically typically run by leftists, while local banks could be somewhat better. Also, using them will decentralize power. Do you agree? I actually do agree. I do agree. I I think local banks and credit unions, these are oftentimes led by local businessmen, often ones who share your views, 100% all about that life. 100% all about that life. And that's right, Chris. Credit unions give better rates. Of course, you would know that, Chris. You would know. Of course, you would know that. Dear Dr. Jesse, I get disconnecting from institutions that hate you, but where's the line in keeping tabs on what the commies are doing? Brother, You are not going to have any difficulty at all. And I mean any difficulty at all finding the communist message. You're swimming in an ocean of it. The problem is going to be getting away from it. That's the problem. Dr. Jesse, you are a German bakery owner as Hitler is coming to real power. One by one, you see the Jewish families disappearing from the area. There are only a few left, and one comes to you for help. If you are found out and your family will likely be sent to a concentration camp or killed, what do you do? P.S. I ask this personally, not knowing what I would do if I'm being honest. My baby girl and my husband are everything to me. As horrible as it maybe it makes me sound, I don't know if I could risk their lives, but I'm very curious on your answer. Well, Chris is giving me the side-eye over here. You know what, Chris? I don't need your Jewish judgment right now, Jewish producer Chris. In all seriousness, I want to tell you right now, oh, I would take him in. Screw those Nazi scum. And I think I would. But doesn't it sound kind of arrogant to say, I wasn't here in this horrible scenario, and I absolutely would have done the brave thing. Oh, I... I hope that's what I would have done. Oh, yeah. Get your Jewish butt in here. Get your family over here. We're going to get you hidden in the house. We're going to find a way to smuggle you out of the country. We're saving lives. Let's take some chances. I want to say that's what I would have done. And for no other reason than, I mean, honestly, I know risk. I'm risking their lives. I would want my sons to see that from their father. That's what a man does. You have somebody in need, somebody in danger. I try to drill that into my boys' heads when we drive around. You don't drive by uh, a woman or an old person pulled over on the side of the road with car trouble. If it's a flat tire, whatever it is, you get your butt pulled over and you help because the next guy who pulls over might not be pulling over to help. You pull over and help. So I do that stuff to him. But that's such a different level of danger than what we're talking about. I think it sounds arrogant to be, what, I would step in and save them all. I hope I would. I think that's the right thing to do. We're not even close to being done with these Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Someone wants to know about Southern Montana. Hang on.
4: out? Catch up. JesseKellysShow.com
3: Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates.
6: Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day. And it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality.
3: Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties, Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community
6: by visiting feedingamerica.org.
2: Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
1: Eight, seven, seven, three, seven, seven, four, three, seven, three. Jesse at Jesse at My question, this is from an ask Dr. Jesse email. What is Southern? What is a Southern Montana winter? Like I've heard from six. I've heard every, I've heard every, I think he says everything from a six month frozen hellscape to just schedule your vacation for two weeks in the winter and the rest is fine. I have two kids, and I'll go anywhere to make sure they're never infected with what is poisoning the state country. As a fellow community com- college alumni, your thoughts on relocated or relocating are appreciated. Wyoming, Idaho, and Utah are on the menu as well. I just need an airport for work. Love the show. You can say my name. Jeremy. <sighs> Let me tell you something. Forget about that whole just take two weeks away thing it's cold brother it is really cold but and I say this to encourage you you just need a mindset change a mindset change yes it's cold it's going to be cold it snowed on me on the 4th of July up there more than once watching the fireworks it's just so far north it's unpredictable but one, it's clean, and when I say clean, there's no way I can properly describe it for you on the radio. You can taste it and smell it in the air. When you leave your area and go up to mountain areas like that, you just it feels fresh. It feels good, one, two. Your body will make adjustments for it. No, you're never going to get to the point where you're just used to 15 below. That doesn't, That doesn't exist. But your blood will get thicker. That's a real thing. The human body is extremely adaptable. You will find yourself wearing shorts and T-shirts in 50-degree weather. Yes, Chris, I'm serious. You You don't understand. You will. No, you're no jacket. I'm serious. You will. You will find yourself acquiring the necessary winter gear to make it livable. And look, you know what? Here's a great example. Talked to my old man last week. He was traveling across the state to go buy a a couple bulls for his ranch. What did he have in the car with him? This is just the norm in Montana. He had weapons, a couple of them. That was the norm even before personal protection thing, just for various animals and things like that. He had a couple weapons. It was about 20 below when I talked to him. So he had uh, some extreme cold weather gear that he just permanently keeps in his truck. You have a sleeping bag built for 30, 40 below. It just stays right in the back of your truck. You have water. You have a couple things like that. It sounds extreme. It's not. You never even think about it. It just becomes a way of life. That's how you travel around. I've told you before when we would, uh, like in high school, because it's, I mean, it's not like there's clubs or something like that to go to. There's nothing to do. But camp, we would, when we got out of school on Friday, run home if we weren't Grounded at the time, see if we could find somebody to buy us some beer, and then you loaded a bunch of gear in the back of your car, sleeping bags, everything else, and head to the mountains. Part of that gear was a weapon of some kind for a bear or whatever else you might possibly run into. A bunch of high school kids going out to be stupid and do stupid things that high school kids do, but everybody had a weapon. It was simply part of it, and you got there. And you know, you picture a bunch of irresponsible high school kids. Maybe this is a better way to live. We would immediately—you're not running around doing stupid stuff right away. It's okay. Let's be, let's dig a fire pit in. Let's make sure we cover this up when we're gone. We'll make sure. Well, let's go around, gather up some firewood. Someone would always bring a hatchet and an axe. We're splitting firewood. You're getting you're getting yourself set in. That was part of it. It was simply part of what we did. You. What I'm saying is, you will adjust. Your clothing will adjust. Your body will adjust. You will adjust your preparation levels. And I don't want to act like in Montana. I don't want to act like it's a a frozen Antarctica hellscape for 12 months a year. It's absolutely not. You're going to have a long six, seven, sometimes eight-month winter. Some parts of it are actually going to be quite pleasant. I mean, there are so many days where it's, 25 degrees with snow on the ground, and that sounds terrible, Chris. It's not because you have the winter clothes for it. You wake up, sunny, 25 degrees, you're excited. You grab the kids, you grab a sled, you go find a hill. It's a blast. Or you go, you get into skiing because it's so much healthier. You're always outside. You, there, there. The winter's not that bad. And, yes, you're going to have winter storms that dump feet on you, and you'll have to shovel driveway. You're going to have cold fronts that... It's just not pleasant to be out no matter what. When it's 15 below, 20 below, any exposed skin you have hurts. It'll hurt really fast. Even like your nose or your cheeks, it'll hurt. Your blood vessels are start popping. It's, it's not good. What, Chris? I was not making that up. Those are real temperatures. And uh, here's another adjustment you had. I uh, lived in Montana or in Ohio until I was 10 years old. You know this. And if there was any snow at all falling from the sky, we would run down and turn on the television first thing in the morning if it was a school day as kids because they would announce on the TV some schools would be canceled, some would be delayed for hours. It was just the norm. Any snow at all, school's probably going to get canceled. You moved to Montana, never canceled. was never there. 25 below, five-foot snowdrifts on the side of the road, buses are running, baby. You're going to school. It's just a mindset change but you might enjoy it.
0: Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop.
1: Your body gets used to it. Your body gets used to Montana. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Remember, the entire show is podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating on iTunes. Leave a review talking about how handsome I am. I saw this headline. From the blaze, Mitch McConnell says he will absolutely back Trump if former president is the 2024 nominee, which seems to be much different than telling saying that Trump was responsible for the insurrection. Well, look, like we talked about on the show, you know the Oracle's always right. Mitch McConnell was painfully aware now. You cannot be openly anti-Trump and lead the party. You can hate him all you want hate him quietly we're going to get to more of your questions hang on a sec
4: Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Eight seven, seven, three, seven, seven, four, three, seven, three.
1: Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Send your love, your hate, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. We only have one hour left, and I must say, <sighs> credit where credit is due, I have been awesome today. Of what, Chris? I have been churning and burning through these questions. I have not been getting distracted, as sometimes I do on occasion on the show. <laughs> Hello, Dr. Sobrero Shogun Jesse. I hope you can get through this email. I just wanted to show my appreciation for your show. I'm currently at college where I'm dorming a majority of the time and spending most of my time staring at a screen or staring at my four walls with a masked up person in classes every other week. Most socialization aspects of my college life are gone because of the COVID stuff. Your shows are something I look forward to every day and really brings light to the days. Just wanted to show my appreciation. Keep on rocking. Awesome to see your show grow around the country. All the best from New York City. Hang in there, boss. Hang in there. Remember, it's only temporary. I do feel it's, it's one of those things that's underrated out there. Or I should say underrated. Not talked about enough. And really, honestly, point the finger at myself. I haven't talked about it enough either. How much this stupid coronavirus lockdown stuff has cheated young people. And they feel cheated. One thing I didn't even realize, because I don't think about it. You know, I'm old now, 39. Kids weren't able to have graduations and graduation parties and stuff last year. I mean, we talked extensively about you can't go to a funeral, you can't go to this. And that stuff, obviously, is really, really important. Young people been raised their whole lives thinking, oh, I'm going to get to go to college. College, baby. Figure out what's what. Learn how to Frisbee golf. Maybe have a little too much beer. Hopefully meet the old lady there. Instead, we just set him to solitary confinement. Freaking horrible, man. Freaking horrible. Hang in there, brother man. Hang in there. Goodbye. Dear Dr. Jesse, I'm a freshman in high school and have noticed that a significant number of people in my school use the app TikTok. TikTok is a social media app slash website where people create and post short videos. Many people I know use it nonstop and find themselves addicted to it. Out of curiosity, I look at some of, those, some of the most popular videos and found them to be outstandingly mindless and unfunny. The majority of these videos are teenagers standing alone in their bedrooms, pointing to speech bubbles, or doing boring, unimpressive dances to rap music. Why has our culture become so dumbed down this, but, uh, that this is what people are using to entertain themselves? Well, most things, not everything, but most things have a good and a bad. What you're seeing with not specifically tip, with not specifically TikTok, but with all social media is this. And I find it to be good, but there's a lot of bad that comes with it. Everybody has access to it. And it's not different than anything else. The more people who have access to something, the more watered down and low quality that something will become. Period. End of story. And it sounds like you're being elitist or exclusive. It's 100% true. You want to know the real difference? The real difference if you talk to people across the country who send their kids to private school versus public school. You want to know the difference? I mean, yeah, especially if it's like a Jewish school or a Catholic school or a Christian school, you're going to cut out a lot of the commie teaching, which, which helps. So that's good. But you want to know the real difference? I was talking to one of my Jewish buddies the other day. His kids, all three of them, go to uh, Jewish private schools. And he said, you know, my kids are going to get the Jewish stuff I try to teach them. They're going to get that at home. They're going to get that when they go to synagogue. You know the real reason I have them there? We cut out the bottom 10%. The private school, what it is is you've cut out the children." of the parents who don't raise their kids and drop them at school so that school can raise them and educate them. Because it's always the bottom 10% in any scenario that drag everyone else down. You know why traffic sucks in your big city? I'll tell you why. 90% of the drivers on the road are just as good as you. You think, oh, nobody can drive here because about 10% of them are selfish, selfish idiots who can't follow basic standards on the road. and And they've proven this. They've done these traffic studies over and over again. It is a tiny percentage of drivers on the road that cause virtually all the traffic. Most of your traffic would completely flow well. You actually probably have the roads, no matter where you are, to have your traffic flow well. One idiot can screw it up for thousands, the the, the ripple effect of its thousands. The same thing applies with social media. Everyone has access to it. So you're going to be drowning in idiocy. You're going to be drowning in idiocy. You have to learn, and I have to learn too. I go through this too. You and I have to learn to filter. You've got to learn to filter out the bad because I will tell you, the reason I think it's good is, I'm stunned by the talent I see out there. Not just a political talent, but a comedic talent out there. The the memes people put up, the little videos people make, because I can filter through all the bad. When you give that many people access to it, yeah, it's going to water it down and make it horrible, but it will allow some real gems to rise to the surface, and it gives people opportunities they never had before. That's why that show... American Idol. It's why that show, American Idol, was so big and such a cool thing. Everybody remembers it from back in the day. Simon Cowell telling somebody they're an idiot and they suck and we all enjoyed it. But what it was was it took these gems of talent from nowhere, somebody who never would have got an opportunity, and the whole country would watch and be oh, oh, my gosh, this uh, this waitress from Birmingham sounds like a goddess. Get her a record deal. I like when people get opportunities. Don't worry that you look around and consider most of your classmates idiots. Most of your classmates probably are idiots. What you don't need to do is let it stress you out or bum you out. Exist in their world without becoming part of their world, period. period. Let them be morons. doesn't affect you. You know what it should tell you? I mean, honestly, when I look around today and I see kids no manners, Can't read, can't speak to somebody, look them in the eye, shake hands. You know what I see? I mean, I don't like it, but I see, well, that's somebody who's not going to beat my son out for a job one day. Be happy about it. Dear Jesse, who's still a knockout even when wearing spectacles. Boom in your face, Chris. She says I can read her name too, so her name is Mickey. I wore glasses even with bifocals in my teen years since the third grade. My firstborn stepped on them in 1992 and broke them. I put them away and did just fine without them until I was in my late 40s. When I finally went to the eye doctor and asked him, I don't know what's wrong, but I can't see well enough to drive, he flatly told me, you're getting old. Do you have an eye doctor brother in Virginia? (laughs) Love the show. Every minute of it. Wish it were longer. (sighs) You know what's really embarrassing? And I feel bad. Now I feel bad. I have the because, you know, I only have to wear mine, not all the time, but if I'm watching TV, you know, 10, 15 feet away from something or driving. And I told you the other day when I picked up my glasses for the first time ever, I put them on on the drive home and it was almost creepy. Like I felt like I had superpowers with how clear everything was. Now, if, if, if I'm in a safe place, just to test, I'll take them off when I'm driving. I'm so embarrassed I was driving around like that. I apologize for putting your family in danger, and by the grace of God, I'm glad I didn't hurt anybody. But uh, it uh, it makes you think, though. How many other people are out there doing exactly what I was doing? What's the speed limit? I don't know. I guess we'll have to get closer. Now I put these on. I put on my glasses, and I think, whoa, I can see that speed limit sign from way over there. Oh, oh, that's that's how everybody can see that sign. <laughs> All right. We have a hard, hard question about doing business with friends and family. Hang on.
4: The Talk Radio Revolution. Jesse Kelly. 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373.
1: 877-377-4-3. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find me on locals. Dear Dr. White Death, you brought up something the other day I totally agree with. You said that you have a rule, you don't do business with friends and family, and I'm in total agreement with that statement. I would rather sell to a complete stranger. Than have a relative as a client. Just curious, what was the experience that led you to do this rule? It wasn't my experience. It was everybody's experience. Everybody's experience. Everyone else's. You see, I may be a stupid, hard-headed individual, and I am. I don't, I've never claimed to be otherwise, but I do learn from other people's mistakes. And I have watched so many times, more times than I can possibly count, two buddies getting together, just friends. Hey, man, we should go in on this together. Let's uh, let's let's share. Let's share a lake house together. Should we get together and share? A la- Look, our families get along. Why don't we share the lake house? And, of course, you go through that honeymoon phase. Oh, isn't it so cool? I've got the lake house. you got the lake house. Then one weekend, one family uses the lake house. Maybe doesn't clean up as good as they should have. Other family shows up. You show up to enjoy the lake house you split with your, your, your best friend, right? Oh, man, your wife comes in. Oh, did you see how they left the fridge? Oh, it didn't even take the trash out. Oh, the... And then it starts, and then the rift begins, and it begins, and it begins. Not because of anything major. Your buddy's a little dirtier than you are. Soon, your wife has to bring cleaning supplies every time she goes to the lake house you split with your best friend. Soon, she's so upset about it, maybe she says a little something to your buddy's wife. Now that rift is there permanent. Now they're fighting. Now they're subtweeting each other on Facebook and Twitter. One person gets word of it. Some And it's over. I witness it everywhere all the time. I got in business with my brother. We haven't spoken in 40 years. I got in business with this. I haven't. I'm never going through that. I guard because I don't keep very many people close to me. I have a million acquaintances, but just full disclosure, I do not keep very many people close to me. I do not keep many friends, even family. I have a decent-sized extended family. I don't have a ton that I talk to. I keep a small Small circle. That's all I want, too. I don't want more than that. So I guard it with my life. I am always there for those people. They're always there for me. And I wouldn't risk my small circle for anything. Absolutely anything. So I'm never taking that chance. Period. Ever. Not in a million years. I love my sister. Absolutely adore my sister, Mickey. Maybe the most... Trustworthy person I've ever met in my life, too. Responsible, integrity, just a, an amazing human being. If my kids die, we have it in our will. I'm sending my sons to be raised by my sister Mickey. It's, it's, it's that, I respect the lady that much. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into a food stand as far as a business with her. I would never, ever, ever do it. Period. Never going to do it. Because I can't risk it. Dear Shogun, I have a simple question for Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. What makes a good taco? Yes, every time I see a Mexican food truck with questionable health standards, I make a beeline and I'm never disappointed. What sets them apart? I can never replicate the same greatness myself. Also, a throwback to your chili cheese Fritos comments, I agree that it has great flavor. I also agree they nailed the crunch, but you docked it for not being dippable. I contest it doesn't need to be. Our family has long added chili cheese Fritos to bowls of chili, just like you would typically add crackers to soup. Once you try it, it will change your life. Your history lesson on the white death was awesome and becoming the winter hero I never knew I had. Your previous lesson on Germanic tribes versus Roman legions were also awesome. I believe that if you are adapted to it, the cold winter can be the greatest tactical advantage at all. Keep up the great work, brother. Xander, the sharpshooting German, he said, I can use his name. Here's the thing about tacos and dirty Mexican food trucks. And some of this is going to be hard to hear. On the the positive side, there are amateurs and there are professionals. And when I say that, this is what I mean. I make a mean homemade queso or cheese dip, depending on what part of the country you're in. And I mean... I take it seriously. I think, or at least I thought. I'll, I'll, I'll warm. I'll, I'll brown beef chorizo. I'll add several different sauces and seasonings. I'll have jalapenos chopped up there in there, and onions chopped up in there. And I'll add this, and I'll add that, and I'll add this, and I'll add that. I've made it out of crawfish before. That is, I mean, oh, it, it melt in your mouth. And I'm trying my queso, and man, I think it's great. And other people are trying my queso, and oh man, Jesse, this is dynamite. One of my buddies, his he's Mexican dude. Wife's Mexican. Wife's mom, traditional Mexican, like grew up in Mexico. You 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 should try this woman's queso. And so I start asking him okay, how do you taste this liquid ma- How do you make this liquid magic? You know, teach me. I've got Velveeta chopped up in mine and maybe a little sharp cheddar that I got out of the bag, the shredded, sharp, off-brand sharp cheddar I'm throwing and things like that. She told me how she made hers. I don't even think I ever want to make queso again. She's using six, seven different kinds of fresh cheeses that she bought from the deli that morning. I'm taking a, a couple spoonfuls. Of pickled jalapeno, chopped up pickled jalapenos and dropping them in there. You know, give it some flavor and some zip. Oh, isn't that good? Yeah, she's picking hers out of her garden. She's skinning them and then fire roasting them before dicing them up. That's one of like three or four different kinds of peppers she grows and then skins and roasts before she puts in hers. Okay, that's a professional. That's a professional. We're not playing the same game. I'm making my white trash uh, queso dip from from my white trash ways. We're not not doing the same thing. So that's part of it. Part of it's just simply experience. Another part of it, though, and this is going to be hard to hear, especially for the ladies. The dudes will be more okay with this, but this is harder to hear. A little grime, a little dirt, makes for really good eating sometimes. You want, look, it's, like I said, I'm, I'm going to be totally sexist, but I am anyway. So you as a lady look in and you want to see a sparkling clean grill top that's obviously been cleaned very recently and disinfected and sanitized. And I, I, it, the truth is, if they haven't cleaned that thing in a couple weeks, do you have any idea how much flavor is in there? You're not only getting, I mean, it tastes so good from these, from these Mexican taco trucks. It's not because you're only getting the meat, the carne asada they're cooking there. You're getting the last 10 different kinds of meats and the little bits that are left over, and they're cooked in and they're cooked in and they're cooked in and they're cooked in. And now you're getting to so your mouth. It's just, it's a party in your mouth, baby. You're getting this explosion of flavors and you're like, wow, how's that possible? It's just not very clean. It's not very clean. I, I, nobody wants to hear that part of it. There's a, a, Waffle House is a great example. Women hate Waffle House. My wife won't walk in the place. Oh, it seems dirty. I, I live and die for Waffle House. The second she's gone, my boys are like, can we go to Waffle House? I want to go to Waffle House. Well, the flat top seems dirty. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's fantastic. It absolutely tastes fantastic. Dr. Jesse, my husband and I are planning on homeschooling our children in the future. What are the most important subjects slash topics you would place at the top of your list to teach boys if you were to homeschool them? Well, I believe our school curriculum is grossly tailored to women and women alone in the United States of America. It is made to have kids sit down, sit still in a classroom for seven, eight hours a day. I have two sons. That's not how boys are built. They are not built that way. If you're making a curriculum for boys, obviously you need to give them some basics, but you need to give them a couple other things too. I'll explain. This may be a little off the wall. Hang on.
2: somebody, we have to give the teachers, we have to give the students, the parents a date of what at least we don't doing. have to, we don't have to give anybody any date. <laughs> we don't have to do anything that we don't want to do right now. That's what you don't understand. I don't know where you're getting your information or who's telling you that we have to make a decision today, but that is not how this works. 70 to 80 percent of them have answered the survey. They want to come back to school. So this is what we're the 70 to 80 percent and where are they? I would like to know geographically from which school sites which language group and how we conducted this feedback. Where? Please give it to me before I can make a decision. I can't make one and I will not make one. You're welcome to abstain, I, I believe, right? There's no reason to be nasty with me, Miss Riley. And we can present it for vote and Charlie, if you wish to vote no, you are more than welcome to or you can... I know what I'm welcome to do, you guys, I do. And I know that what we're doing is wrong. So how are we forcing people? That seems like a very white supremacist ideology to force people to comply with, you know, and conform. (laughs) Just letting you know. Privilege. Check
1: it, you guys. Get your kids out of government schools. Joining me now to talk about this critical race theory madness, syndicated columnist, opinion editor for Newsweek, and my friend Josh Hammer. Josh, these people are insane.
5: You know, Jesse. I think it's my first time joining you since you went fully national. So uh, you're you're a certified big shot now. So thanks for having uh, a <laughs> little a little little dude like me on on, on your show, big guy. Uh, um, uh, what? <laughs> um No, look, Jesse. We're dealing with insanity. Okay. I mean, I, I, up is down, down is up. I mean, I can't get over this Mr. Potato Head story. Like, what on earth is going on here? Like, it, we have lost our ability as a country to think clearly. And the critical race theory stuff you know is kind of the epicenter of all this. You're right to flag it Chris Rufo is doing you know yeoman's work. It seems like every day he's got a new whistleblower from a new school district. I would strongly encourage your listeners to follow his work. He writes often for uh, the city journal website and he- these, from you know, from educate from uh, from uh, lower third fourth grade all the way up through high school, these kids are just being indoctrinated with nonsense that is not just nonsense on the merits, and it is nonsense on the merits, but it is so counter and destructive to who we are as a people. It goes against everything we stand for and what this country was built upon. That's kind of where, you know, that's where I worry the most, honestly. It's just the the path that we're slowly, slowly, slowly going down. It's it's not good. It's not good.
1: It doesn't, uh, Josh, I'll tell you, you should see my emails, man. It doesn't seem slow anymore. It seems like they think they're in a position to push this harder than they've ever pushed it. Are they, or is the blowback coming? Uh, You know,
5: the problem, Jesse, that you and I both know is that the institutional right, the American right, conservatism, Inc., is so ill-equipped to actually push back against this stuff. There are some there are some groups, there are some people, there are some smart people who are kind of actually getting in there, they're getting their hands dirty, willing to fight back. Just to like name one example, uh, the Claremont Institute, which is one of the few conservative think tanks actually worth anything anymore, just opened this brand new center in Washington, DC, it's led by my buddy Arthur Millick. And Arthur is kind of pinpointing this stuff right away. He is trying to get in there at the state level, at the local level, to try and train people to fight back against this. So there are some good people who are actually trying to do something. But, you know, Jesse, I don't need to be the one to remind you, with the whole cancel culture stuff, the problem is like when you speak out against this, when you say that critical race theory – and let's be very clear about what critical race theory is. Critical race theory is itself racist. It literally is itself racist insofar as it says that white Americans are collectively guilty or sinful or, you know, are just responsible for actions of those that they didn't actually commit those actions. But just for speaking up, it's – they're called a racist. So, I, I look, with, with that kind of cultural pressure, we really are kind of facing very steep odds. But, you know, I, I would just encourage folks uh, to try to find any kind of like-minded individuals, group up, go to your local community boards, your – school board meetings, anything you can do to get asked at the local level. Because this change is only going to happen at the local level. It will never, ever, ever happen top down from Washington, D.C.
1: Josh, why does the right lack? And I don't know whether – I still can't figure out if it's a spine or brains – But why do they lack when it comes to standing up to this? I even see the right saying things, and a lot of people are tempted to say things like, "Uh, we need to get the leftist indoctrination out of schools. No, you need your own indoctrination in schools. Kids are going to learn values from somewhere. They might as well learn yours. But the right can't think like that. Why? You know,
5: what's funny is, quote-unquote, right-wing indoctrination you know, it used to be just known as civic education. Yep, <laughs> that, was, yep. That, literally just, that, that literally just used to be known as like teaching people in elementary school, you know, that we have a federal government, we have state governments, we have a Congress, we have the president, you know, like very basic, um, you know, schoolhouse rock style stuff. Um, this is this is not only is this not crazy, you know, the founders were of this country were extraordinarily clear that without this sort of thing, the republic would die. They believed passionately that the citizenry had to be informed. They had to be. They had to have a basic knowledge of of, of their former government, a basic appreciation of the overarching Judeo Christian heritage and culture and virtues and all of that stuff. So, um, uh, but you know, to answer your question more specifically, why the right just so clearly and consistently lacks a backbone on this stuff? You know, a, a, a lot of the donor driven right. Um, a lot of these organizations, you know say, corporate money, right? Uh, Not all of them. There are obviously some groups that kind of rely on kind of smaller donors, but especially the ones that kind of rely heavily on corporate donors. You know, they have to be responsible or accountable rather to their donors. And then you have the whole problem of woke capital coming in too. So these issues kind of all kind of collide with one another. The woke capital ends up imbuing kind of the mainstream conservatism institutions. It's just very difficult right now because we are facing a full frontal assault um, but you know, look, like I said, I think the way to push back, it has to start at the grassroots local level. It just, it, it just cannot be top down.
1: Well, I agree. It starts with grassroots. And I love that you told people to run for school board. Cause I've been screaming about this, that people worry, you know, oh, I'm not a teacher. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even have kids. Screw that. The leftists don't care. they they're, they're running for school board with a purpose. We need to do the same. It, it's time to step up and start taking over local. Cause I believe the federal government is lost.
5: Yeah, you know our buddy Eric Erickson has been saying this for years. He was very prescient, I guess. I mean, he's been making this point for probably like a decade now. Honestly, is just encouraged So, so much of our politics has just become so nationalized. Um, I actually think back. I read a really good piece um, at the American Compass website from a really smart young guy named Micah Meadowcroft, and he's from Washington State, from somewhere near Seattle. He's in D.C. now. And he, he wrote this uh, – it was like an open letter to his parents. It was an open letter to my boomer parents is I think what the letter was called. And he basically said to them, like, you spend way too much time watching cable news. You spend way too much time focused on what is going on nationally, internationally. In reality, what is going to actually impact your life, your actual life on a day-to-day level are the local municipal ordinances because, you know, like the the homeowners associations, like all sorts of like very local kind of Tocquevillian, close to the people institutions. So that is really kind of where it has to start. Whether the federal government is truly lost, you know, look, I mean, Republicans have won what? They've won one popular vote in the presidential election in the past 30 years, the 2004 election. So, our odds are not great there. The Senate, we kind of have like a built in advantage right now, just given the structure of the Senate. I guess once we figure out how to, you know, at least make states like Georgia competitive again. Um, but it's not good. And we definitely don't want to rely on the federal government. That definitely goes against what we stand for, too. So, yeah, it's got to all start at the local level, man.
1: Josh Hammer, everybody. Appreciate you, my friend. You got it. Chris, these are our listeners. I, I, the only reason I read this question. Is this is well, this is who our people are. Can this is from the email? Can we discuss/slash rank the top five U.S. cities that have a Hooters? What? Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. Let's talk about blood pressure for a minute. As much as this. Pains me. You have to take care of yours. And I have to take special care of mine. High blood pressure runs in my family. And I'm 39. Started noticing about a year ago. Wow, that that blood pressure's ticking up a little bit. I really don't want to take pills. I, I shouldn't take pills, right? I don't need pills. But it's going up and up and up. And I figured it out. There are solutions that are natural solutions. Like Super Beats Heart Chews. I take two Super Beats Heart Chews every single day. I take mine with dinner. As you know, I despise medicine. I hate pill bottles in all forms. I don't have to. I can look after my blood pressure in other ways. Go to GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. That's GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. Buy two bags, get the third for free. If you missed any part of the world-famous, world-famous Jesse Kelly show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, or on iTunes right after the show. He even separates out the history segment. Even my history, even my uh, show from the first is on there. Do you have my awesome rant from last night on the first, Chris? I love me. Man, it was what? It was so good. So good. By the way, Shout out to the great WZLB in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. I love Florida. I love Florida. Anyway, here was me from last night. Gosh, this was fantastic. Probably three, four years ago, maybe, when I first brought up the concept of national divorce, about America needing a national divorce, not some bloody Civil War thing. Ew, that's what I'm trying to avoid. I don't want anybody to get hurt. But when I brought it up, I said, look, We just don't share anything in common anymore. Uh, Take a a bunch of liberals from New York City versus a family living virtually anywhere in rural America. What common values do they share now? Uh, And don't do the thing I know you're probably trying to do, trying to save the country. Well, uh, my grandpa was a Democrat. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about your grandpa's Democratic Party. I'm not even talking about Bill Clinton's Democratic Party. These nut jobs today what values do you share with them anything name me one anything there's not anything so why are we doing this if we force ourselves to live together like this somebody's gonna get hurt and as big of a jerk and heartless sociopath as i am i don't want to see a single person get hurt not on their side not on our side i want That's enough of me, Chris. That's enough of me. Can we discuss... This is from an Ask Dr. Jesse email. Can we discuss slash rank the top five U.S. cities that have a Hooters? This is such a weird question. It's... I I almost... You know I don't email people back. You can email me, jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. They all go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them. I read them. I don't respond because I have too many. This has to be – this almost sounds like it has to be a guy who plans on moving cities but will only go to one that has a Hooters in it. Why would you ask me? I'm on record with these types of establishments. And you know what I'm talking about. There are several of them out there now. Uh, Twin Peaks and Hooters and Tilted Kill and all these ones. These establishments that are – They're marketing young, scantily clad women as waitresses. And they're hugely popular. Hugely popular, especially for sports season. And I'm not judging any of them. I'm not judging you if you enjoy them. I have been in them myself. But I'm just not a fan. And it's not that I'm not a fan of, 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 of women, obviously. It's that when I go to restaurants and I spend the money, I want good food. You get the, the the food in the restaurant is as good as it has to be. That's a fact. You get a restaurant with a bunch of nines and tens running around half naked. The food's going to suck. Why? Because you're still going to sit there all day to eat crappy chicken wings and drink beer because you want to be around those women. The same applies if you set those those restaurants aside. The same applies almost universally To a restaurant that is in an all-time great location. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, this is over the harbor. Oh, look, it overlooks the ocean. Oh, look at this mountaintop restaurant where you can see the whole valley. Food sucks. Why? Because it can suck. Because they don't have to spend the extra money on the better chef or the fresher food. Because you will still come anyway. Which is fine. People eat out for the experience like we've talked about before. I just don't do that. I am such a slave to my stomach. When I eat out, I eat out for the food. Period. Not a Hooters guy. Dear Oracle, who wins? Calzone versus Stromboli. It's the same thing, and you'll never convince me otherwise. I don't know what is with people. I don't know how people get away with this stuff. Who is, here I have another email. Who is ultimately the bigger threat to the US, to the world as a whole? Russia or China? And why, in your opinion? Oh, it's not even close, it's China. Not even close. Russia's economy, I mean, Russia's military is significant. Their space program is outstanding, probably better than ours, so, uh, I'm sad to admit. They have great missile programs, things like that. Russia's not a joke, but their economy is the size of Texas's. China's economy is the size of ours. Uh-huh. Dear Oracle Jesse, my uncle mentioned to me that Cynthia Nixon is going to run again for governor in New York. I don't know if that's true, but could that be why they're going after Cuomo? They want someone more radical than him. Well, I believe that's part of why they're all piling on. They want someone more radical than him. I think C- Cynthia Nixon is that uh, the, uh, the ginger chick with short hair. Isn't that who Cynthia Nixon is? She was like the actress. So probably. Dr. Jesse, I'm firmly of the opinion that a large economic collapse is coming over the next decade. I have a house, a water well, and 15 acres. My plan is to organize a group of like-minded families to help grow food, livestock, and be well-trained with guns. Do you think this is a good idea, and could it become more widespread if promoted? It's an outstanding idea. Listen. On a long enough timeline, the guy you consider to be crazy prepper guy is the wise one, and you are the fool. You don't believe me? Look at what happened in Texas. What was it last week with the freeze over? Cannot count how many people I knew didn't have a winter coat. Didn't have water when water went down. Didn't have non-perishable foods. Kelly family was eating and drinking. Hang on. I'm not done.
0: A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
1: There's nothing wrong with being crazy prepper guy. You may just turn out to be a genius in the end learn to be self-sustaining. How long and look, I understand it's not practical for so many, but ask yourself this. If the power grid went out tomorrow. No, you can I don't expect you to have a bunker. Well, we'll live here for 4 years. How long can you and your family last if you lose power and water tomorrow? How long can you last? Regardless of the weather, too. If it's super hot, If it's super cold, how long can you and your family last with the things accessible to you if the power grid and the water supply goes out tomorrow? If the answer to that question is a day, maybe it's time you do a little work. Slowly, I realize it's expensive, Chris, but slowly it needs to get done. I do too. I got work to do. That's all. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover brought to you by the epic times where she reveals how the ccp exerts control over some major studios don't miss the most important documentary about hollywood yet for a limited time watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse
4: our kids have said to us since we've moved to minnesota we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived
1: Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot
5: of doors for us.
2: Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have.
0: It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids.
3: See what makes Minnesota the star of the north. New residents share why they love calling
2: it home at exploreminnesota.com live.
4: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early,